shots on the beat, boy. Accent made this. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Hey guys, just a quick question. How can we help you become the teacher your students deserve? Please, please reach out to us. Follow us on social media at Value Adds Value. Go to our website, thelledproject.com, or send Wilkie or I an email and let us know what we can do to help you become the teacher your kids deserve. And if you don't mind, while you're at it, Hit the subscribe button, share this podcast out, and help us reach more teachers to help them become the teacher their kids deserve. Now, back to the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Value Adds Value, the podcast where we help you become the teacher your kids deserve. My name is Kyle Krieger. Uh, Happy belated uh, Valentine's Day. Wilkie Law, what's going on? Chilling, chilling, man. What's good? Uh, you know, I feel a little bad. I didn't send you flowers or get you a card for Valentine's nah, Day. I'm good. I told all the male teachers at my campus, hey, look, don't expect any Valentine's wishes from me. But all the ladies, I will do it. You know, my kids got all got a little, I did a little Valentine. I normally don't do gifts for my kids like that on holidays because I do it all, all year long. Um, and so yesterday, I was just feeling kind of festive. So I started, you know, I, as they were coming through my station, I was handing them out blow pops. And they were like, we can eat these in class? We can actually eat in class? Yes, go ahead. You know, so it was pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, you would have been proud. I got Brittany a card that on the front, it said chicken and waffles. And then inside, it said, you make my life sweeter. You bring so much flavor. And you're always a comfort to me. I felt like it was the best card ever. And she probably loved it. She did. But that's neither here nor there because we have a super (laughs) exciting uh, guest on the podcast today, all the way from the Bronx, New York, Stephanie Edmonds. Stephanie, how are you? Hey, hey, hey. Hello, hello, all those beautiful faces. How are we doing this morning, guys? Thanks for having me. We're, We're good. We're we're doing good. I at least in at least in Minnesota we're doing good. Um, my family. Oh, I bet nice. it's colder out there than here. It got yeah, yeah, yeah. cold the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. It was like negative twenty degrees the other day. Oh, you guys could keep that. I, yeah. I'm wishing for. I'm wow. hoping this early spring is coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, negative twenty. That doesn't even sound real, man. Like, <laughs> and you still went to work with negative twenty. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, man, you know, you know, Texas, we'd be shut down. Like, it drops to zero. We, we we're closing schools. Oh, a little ice, a little sleep. We're closing schools. So, yeah. my hat goes know. off to both of you for I, what you do to I get to work. I remember that. So, <laughs> um, we got connected with you, Stephanie, because of your Instagram, which is the Class Disruption, which yes. we've been following, which is super good. And, um, you know, we've talked to a few of the same people, so that's how we connected. But 
Um, for our listeners, could you just give us a little bit of your background and how you got into the education profession? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it was so awesome to connect with you guys. Love Instagram, love being able to do that kind of stuff. So um, this is my fourth year as a teacher, like in a classroom setting, uh, high school, global history. And before that, I was I did a tutoring all throughout grad school and college. And then as a kid growing up, I was kind of my own amateur ed policy, political pundit, always talking about, you know, these teachers, what are they doing? I mean, I had some good teachers, but I definitely was one to come home and ask, why are teachers doing this? Or why don't they do that? Or why can't we do this? So from an early age, it was something on my mind. Mm. Mm. I love it. And, that, and that's interesting because you, you got into it because you said you had some good teachers, but you almost went home and was reflecting on the teaching that was going on as it was going on. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that too often. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. That was just like the kind of always inquisitive, you know, I'd be like, well, why can't this teacher be more like that teacher? Especially mm -hmm. when you get that contrast or in elementary at school, it's like, dang, I really liked, you know, my first grade teacher, but my second grade teacher, it's like, I don't know what happened. So, and when you're in elementary school, it's like you got that one teacher all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of stuck there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it, and it's, it's so strange now because people that are outside of education, because I feel like now I have kids that are in real time being educational policy pundits, <laughs> like to my face. Good. And it's so strange because I talk to people outside of education and they're like, I can't believe kids say those things to you and I can't and I'm just kind of like it's it's the world it's the world we live in now and I think it's good when the kids hold you accountable you know sometimes they don't always express it in what we would consider the most respectful terms but that's too like I just always try to remember back when I was a kid because I definitely I was never got into like huge huge trouble I saved that until like high school but like you know like I was one to cause like little disturbances like always liking to have like a little fun and I just didn't understand why we weren't allowed to have that fun so you know, that's what I just want to make sure that I'm bringing to the profession. And sometimes I even tell myself, like, dang, I'm being that boring teacher, telling kids to sit there and do their work. And so it's definitely a constant conversation I also have to have with myself. Yeah, you know, I've learned, I've been called whack a lot of mm. times. <laughs> Apparently whack is back. Oh, um, yeah. I'd be saying, I say whack all the time. I'm like, dang, that was whack. <laughs> yeah. Well, I teach I teach eighth graders, and then apparently, if you're telling a lie, it's called cap. Oh and yeah, stop not, capping, yo. Yeah, and if you're not telling a lie, it's no cap. No cap. And then the other things my students say is, "Yo, Mr. K, that was really a bruh moment." <laughs> and bruh. A, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's pretty much. I was like, "Could you define bruh moment?" And there, he's like, "It's just a moment where you go, bruh." <laughs> so it's, it's that was a fun. good definition come on man. <laughs> but, uh, but i i i you know being and this is a, a little bit off but do you think it's more important for us because i'm an eighth grade global studies teacher mm -hmm. do you think it's a little more important for us especially in the social studies to be you know a reflective teacher and be focusing on what you're doing because I feel like it's easy in the social studies to get dry. 
and to be that's interesting I never thought about like it being social studies teacher being more than other teachers I don't know I think it's all teachers have to I think oh we have a special guest hey good morning my son. <laughs> say good morning but I, you can hang out that's fine you just have to let mommy talk okay Michi. okay so um i think you know i don't know if social ed has a special responsibility i think that we have it easier we have so much to draw from mm -hmm. i feel like math teachers might have to have it a little bit harder sometimes you know like oh is, is, he's a math teacher yeah yeah I mean, so i don't want to sit here what do you think about you guys um i i think because we're teaching something that most kids feel like after third grade, they've already mastered what they need to know. Everything else becomes a redundancy. Mm. So there's nothing really new in the field of math. It doesn't change. It doesn't grow with you. It's just that one thing that you have to know to be successful. You know, it's the analytics. It's the, you know, the looking at the data. It's making sure you know how to crunch the numbers. It, so it, how do you thing, stay relevant? I think it's how you deliver it. Mm. Like for me, it's my, my style of delivery. Uh, I have to make sure I give it to the kids in a way that they can like it. Whether I have to sing it, rap it, you know, do a dance to make them understand it. You know, some of my kids have gotten me into, got me learning TikToks because they're like, we're going to do a TikTok. <laughs> Like, we're going to do it, we got to make it math relative. You know, like, okay, we're going to work on it. So they're working on doing it. I have to learn to dance. Nice. And they're going to put, so, you know, but I think it's how you deliver because the content can't change. Mm. But how, the person and how you deliver that content has to change consistently every single year. You yeah. Know, like, every year I'm like, oh, yeah, I can use this next year for sure. And then I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think you know now that you say that too, I think it's maybe me coloring social studies with the lens from which I was taught because I was very much in the time where it was strictly like textbooks, mm. like read a chapter, answer questions. You know, anything geography was like, we'll color this map and learn where these things are. So it it just put no. It's I mean that's a that's a really really good good perspective you know and it's funny because i talked with our iss teacher um at my school who's he wants to become a history teacher like huge history buff and so on his conferences he's leaving the sack room and he's going and sitting in different history classes so he can kind of hear and kind of get the demographic of what's going on and how you know how, how do you do this with this subject and he came back to me and he's like man some of these classes they're not bringing history to life. Mm. He goes, history was, is, a, is a story about real life. How can you teach it with kids sitting at a desk, you know, uh, not participating and not being engaged in a story? He goes, because it's, it's all relative to where you are right now. Everything connects. Exactly. And when he said that, I told him, I said, man, we need to hear him get you certified and get you <laughs> because that's really what we need from teachers, you know. Mm -hmm. who really want to engage the students with the content because that's how our kids learn right and and i know that you guys had asked me the question about like what does it mean to you to be the teacher your kids deserve and this like connects exactly to like what i had said for my answer because you know in school it was a lot of compliance and i get it it's you know it's much easier if kids are just like sitting there I, even with my son i'm like yo can you sit down and shut up for a minute like <laughs> <laughs>
And then I'm like, hold on, hold on. Like, let's take a step back for a second and be like, you know, he's four years old <laughs> and he wants to move around. And, you know, whether they're four or 14 or 18, they, they want to be moving around. They want, I'm, I'm 29. I want to be moving around and doing things. So it doesn't change. I want to create that dynamic, that interactive space. And I would argue like that was always important no matter what the time is, but it used to be that you could like, you know, go to high school, maybe not even graduate high school and get a company job. You could get a blue collar job or white collar job, but you could work with that company for the rest of your life basically mm -hmm. and support your family like the American dream. And, and not that that's, you know, not a good thing to strive for, but that's kind of not what the American dream is. It's constantly shifting and changing. And you could see that as a bad thing, like on harking back to your own day, or you could see it as a good thing where there's so many more opportunities. Now you don't have to go work for a company. You know, you can work for yourself. You can really do your passion and make money from that. And mm -hmm. I think you, like kids deserve a teacher with that vision who wants to give them that experience and not one who's constantly like, well, back in my day, you know, kids used to sit there and parents used to, you know, be into the, what their kids are doing. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, is that really productive for what we're trying to do? So that's what I think our kids deserve. Mm. Well, yeah, and you know, the, the word, you know, the word we always use for compliance is, you know, are you, are you teaching from authority or are you teaching from influence? Because mm -hmm. right now our like kids, our, our kids want to be influenced. And because that's the world that they live in. They live in a world mm. that is, you know, constantly influenced, whether it's TikTok or whatever it is. I mean, because like, if you give it another two weeks, they'll be doing some other TikTok dance other than Renegade. Yeah. Well, they already moved exactly. on. Exactly. Oh, they moved on. Okay, well, yeah. we haven't moved on in Minnesota from Renegade yet. <laughs> yeah, I, was told, I, told, I was told that Renegade was good, but it's an old. It's old already. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean I, that's how things change, you know? It's like one mm -hmm. thing after another, and you could see it as a bad thing. Oh, they're so unfocused, this and that. Or you could see it as more opportunities for more people to have their voice heard. Absolutely. And I think you said something uh, earlier when you were talking about compliance, mm. you know, because so many people think that if my kids are complying, that that's good. And that they're learning. And that they're learning. And then you have those people who believe that if I have my kids creating, then they're learning. But creation is a noisy situation. There's a creation is a lot of moving, moving parts, parts. <laughs> constant moving parts and it allow it doesn't allow you to control it it allows you to have to get inside and manage what's being done and i think a lot of teachers mismanage creativity which is the reason why we're having to reteach so much every single school year because kids never retain it because they didn't create anything from it Exactly. It wasn't made an experience for them. It was just something you did. Fill out a worksheet. Right. Yeah. Like I hate worksheets. I Ugh. hate worksheets. Yeah. I put I put worksheets inside of sleeves and tell kids pick the ones that you're gonna do and write it on your own sheet of paper because I don't want them to get so mm -hmm. bogged down to I'm gonna I'm gonna just do what this worksheet says. If you have a question about it, write it on the sheet, write it next to the question, put a star by it. So when I see your work, I can say, okay they're struggling with this or they need help with this versus just here's a worksheet. Now I go home and I'm going to grade all these worksheets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't like, it's not like I don't have any paper in my classroom. I would say most of my activities have some type of like 
worksheet you could say that goes with it but that's not like the main thing that they're doing it's mostly like a guideline or maybe an example mm -hmm. um so for example yesterday we did a debate because we've been doing a lot of stuff with world war one and one of the things they did actually world war one was to create a piece of content on like canva or on flipgrid or on google sites and then but our culminating activity was to have a debate and the debate was are the conditions today similar to they were before 1914? And does that mean that we're likely or not likely to have a war? So they had to like do this comparison between current events today and if they're similar to how they were before 1914, you know, militarism, imperialism, um, what are the other ones? Nationalism. I'm the history mm -hmm. teacher. I should remember them, right? <laughs> uh, no, I'm 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 totally with you and and like I wanna make a couple points quick. I was thinking about what you said about how quickly the world is changing. Like it wasn't that long ago that Facebook was the new thing. Mm. <laughs> and even, you know, it's only really Face like, what? it's like, some, yeah. And like Facebook, like, I don't think Facebook's going away because it has huge numbers in the older demographic, but like my generation, you know, like Facebook was the thing and then Instagram. And now it sounds like people are going away from Instagram to TikTok. There's always a different thing coming in terms of what what the kids are engaged in but like to your point on history like yesterday i asked them the question is bernie sanders really a socialist mm. and i and i showed them a video that was created by time magazine that told the history of the socialism movement in america versus a clip from the fox news afternoon show the five and I was like, which, just asking them, which one is more credible? And, and they were all like, well, the Time Magazine one was more credible. And I'm sort of like, because we were also talking about, is, is fake news a form of propaganda? Mm. Because we're, we're entering the Cold War. So I'm trying to connect, you know, Cold War propaganda to what they see now. And yeah, which is like, I was just saying, we're like in the Cold War again. <laughs> yeah. But the thing was, my kids, my kids were watching the Fox News clip and then it kind of came around the table and one of the guys was like, you know what? I'm going to be superficial. Bernie Sanders isn't good looking enough to be the president of the United States. And they all just like stopped. And they were like, what? I thought this was supposed to be about socialism. So like engaging them in things like that and and I don't know I don't know about you but like in my social studies classes we're having such a hard time not making everything political like I have eighth graders that are like really politically charged and I've had a lot of instances where it's not been political conversations but like the common american discourse right now where it turns into like these shouting matches yeah, yeah oh go ahead. go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna <laughs> say i think that's our kind of our climate right now our climate is that i think it's interesting too versus like being in a place like minnesota versus new york i think that they're very politically different you know it's in new york it's um very blue and sometimes I feel like it's hard for us here to like really get the temperature of the rest of the country so um, my students they're def some of them are more politically aware than others but we definitely have um, a lot of kids who are are just 
kind of know a lot of the more generalized tropes that are said in the news so i always think it's interesting to kind of at least to show them more like like how you're doing show them more sources and one thing that we noticed when they were doing research was like they searched something like the most powerful militaries in the world and when it came up it said like north korea um there was a couple other countries that are actually like not really on the list and the kid was like whoa north korea has the the strongest military i was like no that can't be true and then we clicked on the link and it was like united states like all the ones you would figure so i was like see you have to watch what comes up in your search and like what they want you to click on that was clickbait but then when you go into the article it actually shows something different so it was actually a really cool like learning opportunity for the whole class because then we like paused showed the whole class that and everybody's like whoa and they're like oh mine was doing something like that too so it was a super powerful moment yeah i've i've been facing a, a lot of students who when i ask them to do research if they don't find it in the first 10 sites on the first page of google they tell me it's not on the internet <laughs> Then it must not be true. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I have to go over to him and be like, look, there's 14 million possible hits on this. You know, it's just so, it's just so crazy the situation we live in. But um, to kind of, to kind of keep it rolling, what's your mindset this time of year? Because we're recording it. It's literally the middle of February mm -hmm. and it's kind of coming into the dog days of the school year. So how do you ensure that you're not kind of like just coasting to the yeah, end? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's definitely a buzz that comes with that beginning of the year where you're starting out strong, executing. I had a lot of pretty PowerPoints and, you know, very polished lessons for sure at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Um, and for me, the toughest time is always that, that holiday time between, it really starts off when you start eating that candy at Halloween <laughs> and then it goes into like the new year when you reset. <laughs> and so once my diet goes off and I just kind of like lose focus, but, um, for me, you know, it's, it's kind of crunch time. It's where it's the time of the year where I really know my kids. And especially now, four years in, I've been able to accelerate that process. So, like, I really know my kids. And especially those kids who are kind of, like, on the cusp. And I, I even hate using that language because, of course, the, the criteria I'm using to grade them is, like, our academic ones versus they're all so talented in so many ways that we don't measure. But these kids who I need to get past the regions. And so I know that I've developed these relationships with them. I'm getting to a place where they really trust me. And, it's a, and now that they trust me, they're, like, willing to do the work. And so I know if I lean into them, I can get them to pass the region. So I'm really focused on, on those, that particular group of kids who needs to get pushed over the hump because I know in their junior and senior year, if they have their regents, um, their New York state tests, then they can really focus on those things that they value and that they can share with the world. And they're so much more confident about it. So that's, that's just what keeps me going is knowing that that regents is what, three, four months away and it's grind time. So and what years do you all take the regions? So it's different years. So in my school, we try to get the kids to have the bulk of their regions done by the end of their 10th grade year. So this, so freshman year, most of them took their algebra regions and like one of their science regions. Um, and then this year, they're, if they had, didn't take their algebra, they're doing algebra, global, ELA. Yeah, and then 
their junior year, the only one that they would have to pass if they passed all those is their U.S. history. So this way we can get all our kids past the Regents and we can really focus more on like, okay, what do you want to do after high school? Taking the SATs. Um, so their junior year in their ELA class and their um, history class, a lot of the focus is on those SAT skills. And, and they have to pass these tests in order to graduate? Uh, well, you know, they make all these requirements <laughs> and then they like water them down in various ways. So like there used to be multiple um, pathways to graduation. There was like this Regents diploma, which is like if you really wanted to go to do a four year college, you should get that. But then they just had like a regular graduation diploma. So if you wanted to go more into a trade, then you didn't have to worry about passing the Regents. But now because of Common Core and raising the expectations, everybody has to pass the regents exams so they like raise the standards on paper but then they like water them down in all these weird back road ways so that they can pad their numbers so it doesn't look bad um so there's a few different ways you can graduate but technically you're supposed to pass like the five you know two maths two two social studies and an english or no, a math a science two social studies and english so five of them with a 65 or higher Ooh, Wilkie, does that sound like anywhere you've taught? Oh, man. It sounds like the, Texas, like the Texas Star and the EOC. Same thing we mm -hmm. do. Like, I, like mm -hmm. I remember when they, because Wilkie and I taught together in Houston, and I remember when they went from the tax test to Star, and they were like, this, is, this test is, is much more rigorous, and they're like asking substantially harder questions, but the passing rate went from like 60% down to some of them being like you only needed 40 percent to get a passing grade yeah so it's just games who does, who does that in life like who says that you can sit in a classroom for eight months and learning 40 percent of the knowledge is substantial enough to move on like i don't understand that i would rather them create a project mm. you know create a project create something brand new and let me really see how you feel about it um but then they'd but, have to trust you uh, and they'd have uh, to give you some power as a teacher rather than hoard it all for themselves. Right. You know, and, and, and I think of like, <laughs> totally, I have, I have a girl in my eighth grade class that like her dad is an airline pilot and her parents are choosing to homeschool her through high school because with her dad, she can travel like several times a year. And now that she's made that choice, all I see her doing is writing in journals. And I can see, and like to Wilkie's point, I can see that it's verse. And I can't tell if it's like hip hop verse or if it's poetry verse. But I keep, I, like, I just keep asking her about it. And I like eventually, like, I'm hoping that she trusts me enough that she'll share some because she's like done different projects where she in, inserted an original poem and like, the the trust part is so so important like mm -hmm. and it's i think some of the most fun things i've seen are with kids who trust like i had i had students earlier this year ask me if they could put together a minecraft video for one of their projects and it was like one of the coolest things i'd ever seen i was like i didn't realize minecraft was even still a thing <laughs> that's so cool yeah 
So yeah, I totally believe in like kids' passions, the extracurriculars, the co-curriculars. I think that's really where it's at. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast with Stephanie Edmonds. We really want to encourage you to check out the second half of this talk that we had with her that'll be out next Sunday. Um, and if you haven't found her, go find her on YouTube, her YouTube channel, Class Disruption. Uh, and as always, we really appreciate every guest we have, uh, Stephanie and all the other people who have blessed us over these last you know, 200 plus episodes. And we're really grateful for you for checking out Value Adds Value. And we hope it's adding value to you and, and helping you be the teacher you deserve. So check back in next week. We'll talk again soon. Before we get started on this episode, everybody, we want to take a chance to talk to you about a platform and a company that we believe in, and that's Nearpod. Now, we've had a relationship with Nearpod for over a year now, and it is by far the best educational platform we've ever used. What Nearpod is, is a presentation and engagement tool that you can use with your students. The things we love about it is you can create lessons that can either be paced by you, the teacher, or you can create lessons that allow your students to work at their own pace. And it's interactive. And one thing they've just added that makes it so much easier is it can integrate with Google Slides and Focac. So if you want to try Nearpod for free, go to this website, Go dot nearpod.com backslash value adds value that's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to try nearpod for free